Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs in an effort to promote medicine in regional and rural areas, including stories from international students about studying medicine in rural Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Sudna Hardy wasn't your average child growing up in Tanzania. At just eight, the determined young boy proclaimed to his parents and teachers that he was going to be a doctor, even though nobody from his family had ever been to university. And he kept his word. It was while studying in Vancouver that he decided to change tack and apply for medical school in Australia. And he got into his first choice, the University of Sydney. Now on an extended rural placement in Dubbo, he's found a place where he feels he belongs, and he can't recommend his medical school or the life of a rural practitioner highly enough. Jeff Waters talks to Sood about the reasons he's so happy with his choices, starting with those childhood years in Africa. So I decided to become a doctor when I was about eight years old, and the thought came into my head when... I was eight. And since then, the thought stuck to my head and I decided, oh, this is the career for me. And so ever since I was eight years old, I've dreamt about being a doctor. And I wonder if it's about my science grades that prompted the idea or if it was just the fascination or whatever else it was. But I distinctly remember I was eight years old and I proclaimed it to my family and they all seem to remember it that way. That's how I remember it as well. And how did they respond to it? And how did it go with your family? They responded really well. I think they were all a bit surprised, pleasantly surprised, but they never pressured me to kind of go into it. They've always, across the years, asked me again, are you still thinking about becoming a doctor? And I would be like, yep, that's that's the plan. That's what I want to do. So I think they've always been encouraging, pleasantly surprised, which has been excellent. And I feel blessed for it. They've always been shocked because nobody else in our family is. Nobody else in my family actually went to college or university for that matter. So when they thought being a doctor, they was like, oh, that's really shooting up for quite high standards. I think they would have settled if I said I want to go to college, but they were quite happy with me becoming a doctor. All I remember is I excelled at science. I loved the human body. It was simple stuff like just labeling where the pancreas is, labeling where the liver is. And I did really well. And so one of the careers I could think of is, you know, who kind of deals with the body and, and what things are when I was eight. And I think, you know, maybe I got that idea from the television or something like that. And I decided, oh, I really want to work with human bodies. I mean, obviously at that point it was quite scientific, not to sound psychopathic, but like, I was like, oh, human bodies are fascinating. So I want to work with, with humans. And I think that's where it stemmed from. And as you grew up through school, did your teachers know that you wanted to do this? Yeah. No, I think I proclaimed it to most of my primary school teachers, my middle school teachers and my high school teachers. <laughs> and some of them... I'm going to be a doctor <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, they were all very encouraging, uh, as I said, and they're all very, you know, supporting in, the, in that decision. I think some of them, some of my English teachers thought I'd excel in English. So they were like, oh, why don't you, you know, 
do an English major or do something else with your skills. But I think across the years, yeah, I, I kind of really enhanced what, what the idea and understood what it really takes to become a doctor or what the skills that are required more than just understanding the science of the body. And I think that that's been a great journey. So you had a great relationship with some teachers. You got your good grades. What was the process like in applying for medicine? Because I'm an international student, I'll speak to kind of my application process applying to Australia. <laughs> applying to Australia as an international medical student was not too complicated. Before we go there, Sud, can I ask where you were applying from? Yes. As an international student, I am originally from Tanzania. That's where I was born and raised until I was 18 years old. And then I went to university for my undergrad in Canada. And so I lived in Canada to do my undergrad. I did my master's degree in public health. And then I lived in Canada for around four years. And then from there, I applied from Canada, I applied to Australia for medical school. Whereabouts in Canada were you? I lived in Vancouver for most of my time, for most of the 11 years that I lived in in Canada. At least you're on the right side of Canada. <laughs> and why did you choose to apply in Australia? It was a really combination of my interest in Australia as a country. It was exposure to the Australian healthcare system through my work. And then also a bit of future research in terms of trying to match back to Canada as a doctor, or if I ever wanted to go back to Canada to practice medicine. The easiest path was to train in a country that was quite similar to Canada. And the highest rate of matching back for doctors was the Australian and New Zealand trained doctors who wanted to go back to Canada. They, they had the highest success rate. So all of these factors really piqued my interest in terms of doing medical school in Australia. And then, so you applied and what was the process like? I wasn't a very thorough planner in terms of applying for medical school in Australia because I only applied to one and I only applied to University of Sydney and that was the only medical school I applied for. And it was on a whim. I decided, you know what, I'm done trying to apply to medical school in Canada. It's too complicated. It's a bit, you know, hard to match back. Uh, your chances are quite slim, even if you have really good grades. I had a couple of things not going for me. However, at the time I was at home and I realized, you know what, I need to apply to become a doctor now or never. And it was, I remember it was in May, I was in Tanzania visiting my family and I opened the University of Sydney Medical School and I started an application. And I think from then I just never looked back. And next thing I know, I get an email that I have an interview. And next thing I know, I from my interview, I got accepted. And the rest is history, I guess. So you applied to one university in Australia <laughs> from Canada. Did you have a plan B at all if you didn't get accepted? I think my plan B was to continue applying in Canada and continue giving that, you know, a couple more tries. I was starting to climb, kind of progress in my work career in the health services and evaluation kind of uh, journey. And so I thought, if I don't give medicine a proper try now, I think I'm just going to start climbing the ladder in terms of, you know, health administration and health services planning and designing and evaluation. So working with the ministry and taking up the medical administration uh, ladder. But I think I thought... No, I cannot give up on my medical school career. I have to make that eight-year-old boy proud by actually going through with the plan. Well, good on you. You're now studying medicine. 
Is it what you thought it would be like? I think in ways it's better than what I thought it would be. I mean, and in ways it's still very surprising because the field of medicine is quite vast and the way people interpret medicine and the, the, the people you encounter in medicine are quite fascinating. And their interpretation of medicine obviously is brought into medicine as well. Overall, it's probably better than what I expected it to be. In what way? When I was studying medicine, I felt like I belonged, which I think for a person like me that traveled a lot, feeling that sense of belonging, like that you're in the right place at the right time, studying the right thing, consuming your passion in the right way was very cathartic and very, again, the word I would say probably is consuming, but in a good way. I found that I got recharged. I was very mentally, emotionally, and you know, psychologically stimulated by the field because there were so many elements to kind of consider and bring together. So for me, that really brings the science of the human body, which I've always been fascinated about, the relational aspects of human beings, that aspect was included. And then there's the ethics, there's the legal matters that still keep things interesting. And then there's the interpersonal team dynamics with other allied health members, And then there's the system factors where you're working with, you know, Ministry of Health or you're working with, you know, system designs and IT. So I think to me, medicine has just kind of been stimulating in many ways more than one. So what about the MCAT? How was that? So applying to Australia, you still required an admission test, like a standardized test. I believe the domestic students would have to do the GAMSAT. And the MCAT is a version of GAMSAT, but in Northern America. So America and Canada, and I believe some other international medical schools require you to have the MCAT. How did you actually find going through that process yourself? I think for me, the biggest barrier, I try to blame it because English is not my first language, but the reading comprehension, you would get a passage you had no idea about. So it could be about art history. And you had a couple minutes to just dissect what the author's intention was, or what did the author mean when they said this? And coming from a science background, it's really hard to not go for the detail. So I think for me, that section was always the troubling one. And I think it doesn't sound it's as troubling in the GAMSAT, but for me, that section was the hardest. And that's why I had to redo the test. In the science sections, I was very happy to because I scored above 90th percentile, which was more than what was required. So I was very competitive in the science. But when it came to the reading sections or the critical analysis sections, you just you'd get a passage about dance and you had no idea what it meant. And you you had to quickly analyze what the author was trying to say in the passage. And I was always running out of time because I'm trying to read for detail and all those things. But you learn a couple of test-taking tricks that help along the way. But yeah, it's definitely a different way of thinking if you're very science-trained. Difficult to prepare for. Yeah, definitely difficult to prepare for. Again, if your background is science. However, it's the opposite, I find. If your background is in the arts and you suddenly decide to do medicine, then you excel on that section. And then you find the science sections very hard because, again, your mind is not really trained. So 
I actually find, you know, I had a couple of friends who excelled on that section and then they really struggled with science section. So we would try to help each other out by teaching each other these tricks and skills. But for them, they would, you know, read very fast and do everything very quickly. And what was your interview like? My interview was quite short and brief, but it was, I really enjoyed it. They asked quite typical questions for what they would ask for medical school. You know, the first question started with, why do you want to be a doctor? trying to understand what your motives are. Having had work interviews before, I think that I was quite ready for that question. And then they asked you a couple of scenario questions. And those were kind of a lot more interesting questions in terms of, you know, you have this great aunt and she can't see anymore. And then it's, she still drives. What are you going to do? And, you know, trying to see how you'd manage <laughs> conflict and how you do <laughs> those kind of things. Or you'd have this, you know, uh, dietitian and they wouldn't, a friend who wouldn't, you know, claim something on their registration board. And how would you do, deal with this ethical dilemma? So they're quite, you know, fun activities actual real life based scenarios that I found quite interesting. Now, so you're studying at the School of Rural Health in Dubbo. Why did you choose to do a rural training year? Rural training for me offers just the most exciting exposure. And I think for me, rural health, as I said before, I worked with rural GPs and they're really passionate, strong advocacy skills. So I was really interested in kind of meeting those characters that really drive rural health. My interest in rural health has been the level of exposure and the amount of hands-on experience that students get to see for their clinical placements. And that to me sounded really ideal in terms of, you know, the amount I pay for the medical school and in terms of the exposure I really wanted to be involved in. If you involve me, I'll be very engaged and involved. And I knew that was kind of what was always promised in terms of rural placements. So to me, that's something I was very interested and keen to explore. Better for your clinical practice and your professionalism down the track, you're getting more experience. Is that it? Yeah, exactly. I think just having more exposure to different illnesses, but the people have been lovely. The town has been excellent. In fact, I think of double when I came here, now that you remind me, I came here, I thought double is actually not out back as what I've actually wanted to you know, I wanted the Outback experience. I wanted the proper, you know, Outback, minimal resources, rural and remote experience. So I come to Dubbo and I was like, wait, they have a swimming pool and the hospital is very nice. And they have, you know, all of these kind of facilities. So I think regional uh, center as Dubbo, it's actually quite happening more than I thought it would be. But in terms of lifestyle, people are amazing. There's lots to do. The river is really excellent to have around, to kind of go for walks, for runs every Saturday. Really great restaurants even around. So they have a theatre centre as well, which I've gone around twice now, which has been really, really good to see. What would you say to other medical students who were thinking or considering an extended rural placement? This has been by far the best clinical placement exposure I've ever had. I explained this to one of my friends. This is how I think ideal medical school teaching should be happening. And as an international student, for the amount of money I'm paying, I think this has been worth the amount of money that I pay, which has been a lot for an international student going to medical school. So in my experience, that's what I would say. If you want the ideal medical school teaching, in fact, if you want to be overtaught, overlooked after, really involved, 
go for a rural placement. And if you're looking for not just clinical placement in terms of enhancing your clinical knowledge, but also really developing good relational skills with the patients and your colleagues and interdisciplinary kind of skills, I think this is the place for you to also come and really enjoy the full spectrum of practicing medicine, more than just the science level, but just really getting involved locally, understanding the dynamics and the social factors that are important for the region and really trying to incorporate those for your patients. Sood Nahadi, international medical student at the University of Sydney School of Rural Health in Dubbo. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Disciplinary Training Programme.